0: Self-embraced living is about my life. It's about the fun. It's about the sadness. It's a place for me to share my experiences and gain more clarity in the choices that I make. Thank you for clicking on this episode. And I invite you to listen in with love. This is becoming too easy. I'm sitting next to an open window. I like to hear the sounds. So hopefully that's not an issue for the listeners. Um, I got on here to talk about one thing, but I just had a conversation this morning. And in my prayer time, um, you know, of course, in my prayer, I make certain requests and thanks. But then I had this realization through a conversation. Um, And it's about me and it's about what I have attracted in my life. And I've learned this whole spiel about being magnetic and what we attract and, you know, what we welcome in and what we invite in. and One thing that I have been kind of trying to get away from is a certain type of individual, but it's only romantically because in my uh, ministry, I would say, because my life is ministry. These are the very people that come to me. And so I had to sit with that. I'm still going to have to sit with that because it's not all the way there. I'm just at the beginning stages of coming into this realization that um, I help other people through their bullshit. And so to say it flat out like that, but that was the word that was used in the conversation. And then I realized as I was saying that, you know, I'm letting go of other people's bullshit. I realized I can't do that. <laughs> because one thing about th- being a thought therapist is to help people, to you know, clean up and sort through their personal w- BS. Um, Yeah. So it's like, wow. You know, I know I have my own personal BS. There are things about me that people just uh, otherworldly cannot deal with. Um, choose not to deal with which is understandable and so I was coming into the realization that I really can't let go of that because that is my livelihood that is my ministry that is the message that God has placed inside of me is to help those people sort through so now I have to determine how that ties into me in a romantic aspect of where I'm going in life. Because I do want to be fully partnered. I do want this. But I also want my partner to be able to manage through. And not just say or think that they are managing through. But to actually use the tools that we have available. To actually use the principles that God has shared with us. Or commandments. Or Rules, laws, whatever you want to call them, but God sends us instructions. I always say moment by moment because, you know, what I need to wear for a certain meeting or, you know, whatever is not in the Ten Commandments, it's not in the principles of the Bible. It's in me giving this to God and allowing God to guide my way. And this is what I would say being in an alignment it's not really an adaptability is being in an alignment with God aligning your life to follow the path that God sees best fit for you and on that path we have great times and we have horrible times they go hand in hand they God literally made both times simultaneously so it's it would be I would say wrong of me to go into this life or go into a relationship or go into a career or go into anything thinking I'm not going to have to see the left side of things. I'm only going to look to the right and I'm not going to see the left. Then you will live a very unstable life. You will constantly be in this cycle of attempting to achieve success and not ever getting there. So. Even if you just go and you're pessimistic all the time and you just see the bad parts of it, you have to look into the good parts and understand that they're both there. They're both to be faced. They're both to be worked through. They're both to be passed. They're both to, you know, you have to get over both heels, climb under or within both ditches. It's not a, well, I'm just going to choose this way. Because this is, you know, how life is. No, that's not how life is. And I think that's one thing my dad was talking to me about when he said, Angel, that is life. Basically, I understood what he was saying. But now it's more clear because it's like as many times and as many people that I felt were great and amazing, there was another side to them. There is a, I don't know if it's just a saying. But it's like this concept that we only see like a percentage of the moon. And and as, if you know that the moon esoterically represents um, deep feelings, it represents secrets, but we only see a percentage of that moon at any given time. We don't see the other side of the moon. And that's like how it is with people. We're only seeing a percentage of that person. You're you're not seeing 100% of that person. You're not seeing the full authenticity of that person. But it's up to us. It's up to us to decide to show that to others. And I believe with me, I show a lot. And it's not taken as well because it's like oh I've always seen you in this light but I don't care about this this ain't you when in reality it is it is all me and I'm choosing to share this hidden part or this secret part not necessarily with the world but with you and I think everybody has to find someone or some situation that you're that comfortable with to say Look, this is me. I'm not outwardly proud of this, that I do this, that I say this, that I am this way, but this is authentically me. And that's a challenge with people because the choices in finding someone who accepts that part and accepts all of you, all of who you are, totally your being. So Knowing this, it's like, wow, I I had to sit back and understand that I got to choose. And the factor that I have been choosing off of is no longer the factor that I can continue to choose off of. I've had to change the factor or the foundation in which I even choose upon, not just stand on, but I have to choose someone who also has a foundation that is not um, weaker than my foundation, that is not, or or I would say that is in alignment with how I built my foundation. And that's what I have not been doing. I've always thought, hey, I can step off mine, you can step off yours, and we can build a new foundation. But when that foundation does not have, like, if you have a construction crew And half of the crew were actually, you know, they actually learned their craft, and the other half just woke up one day and was like, "I think I want to do construction." Uh, no, not the very first day on the job. I understand the willingness to want to learn, but you have, if there's some work you have to do before you get in that position, and that's what a lot of jobs. Now that I think, I remember when I worked in the pharmacy. They didn't say, oh, yeah, you get the job here. Go in the pharmacy. They said, oh, you get the job. but This is what we want you to do. We want to show you and train you for some time before we put you here in the pharmacy. And so that's what it takes. While being a single individual, you cultivate that, you build your foundation. Because now I see that we can have a stronger foundation if we just combine the materials that we've had standing on our own. And when you are a person who let's say you have a stable foundation and you um have poured loyalty into your foundation and you have poured all of these things and you come upon somebody who has who doesn't have even love or affection in their foundation and and doesn't have celebration in their foundation, does not know how to commit those t- that right there is like now you have to take the time to that's when you take the time to um allow this person that time and if you want to assist them in learning how to put these bring these things in to to, to compare what was into what can be or what is in the moment. It's a momentary thing. But I realize that I cannot just say I'm letting go because that's not me. I don't really want to. Um, did it affect me personally? Yes. Do I feel like I should have been more of that to that person or to those people other than a girlfriend or a wife? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just, you know, married the people that we were supposed to just help. <laughs> Maybe that's what I did. And so I know I've done some things with people that I was only supposed to help, but. I had to learn about that because that is an area of counseling. There's an area of therapy that a lot of people get sucked up into. This was before I got deep into training, but I had to learn. And so some years ago, I changed my area from talking to men um, into exclusively trying to go gear, be geared towards more so women. But either way it goes, it's like I I had to make the choice to not allow myself to get wrapped up in things that were going to hold me off or back. Because I'm open to working with and assisting everyone. Um, and I believe that's just where the more wide scale or wide stage is going to come from. Anyways, outside of that, what I wanted to initially talk about is a topic that I believe, you know, people shy away from because it's like this thing. Where they love to tell you, "Oh, get over it," or "just let that go." Like all those things are in process, but you have to understand that, like my dad told me, this is life, and it's about being heartbroken. It's about being in a position. I put I tweeted the other day or yesterday. I don't know, (laughs) but I'm about to go. Look at this tweet. If I can find it, I tweeted something that said, can you search tweets? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I am looking, I'm looking. Okay, here it is. Of course, I said, God will always remain close to the brokenhearted. My statement is not, I will never experience heartbreak again but rather I will find healthy ways to get through heartbreak when it comes. I have accepted that this is a part of life and I work towards showing and sharing that there are ways in which to embrace this part of your journey. Heartbreak comes in so many ways, not just romance. I was listening to this story of a woman that was very similar to mine. She um, wanted children, of course, Thought she was not able to have children and got pregnant, but lost her child and was very heartbroken in that. And I understood that because although I have children, I lost a child and in losing that child, it hurt, it hurt. And I didn't understand some people that came to me and said, oh, you got, you got other kids, just get over it. And I'm like, what? That's that was my baby, I I named her. She looks like me. She looks like us, and I I I love being a mother. So, and what was surprising was some of these other people had lost a child as well, or however that works, you know, from their story. But it that was heartbreaking in itself. But it was showing me some pe- some people and their actual thoughts or maybe just the thoughts that they were living out loud because sometimes people live in thoughts that they don't really have that's another topic <laughs> but I was listening to her story and I didn't tell her about my story I wanted to actually give her that listening ear you know because a lot of the times people want to share what they're going through they don't necessarily want to hear What you're going through, that's not to be mean, but it's understandable. Because when I'm talking, I want you to listen. I don't want to hear that you stubbed your toe too. I just want you to hear that I stubbed my toe and it hurts. Don't tell me it's okay because you stubbed your toe. I get it. I understand. But I stubbed my toe right now and it's hurting. And I just want to let you know that. I just want to release this pain and express how I'm feeling. And then I can listen to your story at at another time. or. You can be open to listening to it right now, but don't push yourself aside so that you feel like your story or your pain and your expression doesn't matter. It matters. Anyways, so listening to this story and knowing that I've been there, I wanna share some ways to just kickstart how you can take this moment. As a self-embrace moment. And this is without being selfish. This is because other people are being selfish. When they're telling you to just get over it. Oh it was nothing. Oh well you didn't need that. What? Now I can understand you asking God. And God telling you that's not for you. But these other people who have. Self-reflected intentions telling you, Oh, I've been through that before. You, you're gonna be good. I is not the fact, I don't think I'm not going to be good. I know I'm going to be good, but right now I want to grieve. And that's the first thing you have to do is to grieve what is hurting, is to grieve what you lost. Grieve the way that you grieve. You have permission to feel your emotions. Don't allow somebody to tell you your emotions are going to get the better of you or they're going to make you fail or you're too emotional now that is a, something else too you have to learn about that as well and i can help you learn i can definitely teach you but you have permission to actually feel your emotions when you're hurting when your heart is broken heartbreaks hurt heartbreaks hurts I've dealt with so many heartbreaks. I'm coming over. You know how people say I'm getting over a cold? I'm coming over a heartbreak at this moment. And it's real. And, and people grieve in different ways, all kinds of different ways. Heartbreak hurts. But and it's it's very important, dump to not. Push it aside. Don't hide it. Don't lock it up. That's one thing God told me to do. He said, Angel, you've done this work. Do not close your heart. Because my mind went to closing everything off and going back to ways I know I shouldn't go back to. But God said, no, you've done. You made this commitment to live with an open heart. You're going to continue to do so. But a lot of the times that hurt makes you want to close it up, lock it away, push it under a rug. And just act like it ain't there. And I couldn't do that. I tried it. I tried to get involved with some things, and it nothing worked out that I wanted to do to to kind of um, counter soothe what I was going through. But instead, I chose to do the work. I chose to grieve, and. The time frames are different for everybody, but eventually I got to a place where it didn't hurt as much and I don't cry as much. And so I can now take all the memories, those good memories and those not so good memories, horrible memories, and understand that they are memories. There are pieces to a puzzle. There are scenes to a movie. And I can watch them. And oh my goodness, this has happened way quicker than it's ever happened for me before. I have been here before and stayed here, I mean, for years. But it's not taking years. I mean, this literally is in a time frame of maybe a month, give or take. But it's a process. And you have to be available for this process. You have to go through that deep pain. But you also, while you're there, you remember in the a prayer, it says, God's with me in the valley of the shadow. That dark place, that deep place, God is with you. God's presence is there. God's strength is there. And sometimes that's all that can carry you is his strength because you don't have any strength. I didn't. Going through those times, I was talking to someone and they were saying, "Hey, normally or usually, or I've seen you just become a shell." I was like, "What are you talking about? You only move when necessary to go to the bathroom. If you need, if you ate, that's when your body got up to move. But other than that, you were a shell. You did nothing." But I'm glad you didn't allow this to paralyze you. And that hit me in a place that I did not think it would. And I can only attribute that to God. Because if it were me, I wouldn't want to do anything. I wouldn't want to go nowhere. I wouldn't want to continue on because it hurts so bad. I remember when I when I did lose my baby, a, a friend of mine from then, her name was Shantae. She was the only one that came to my house and said, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm not going to let you lay around. Get up. And she got me up and got me out. We just went for a walk, but she got me out and got me moving. And I appreciate that to this day. And I think about that because I think I was just going to sit there and not bathe and you know just whatever. But she didn't tell me I had to get over it. She was like, you know what because she had went through something similar she was like no but you got to get up you got to get up and do something even if it's going for a walk and she allowed me to talk about my baby if i wanted to talk about my baby she listened When right? she she was there with me she didn't just say get up and go do something on your own she was there with me and i appreciate that um but most of all, God's love is there. God's love is always with us. It surrounds us. I am surrounded by the grace of God. I am surrounded by the love of God. So take your time. Grieve what hurts you. Because you know it's going to be okay. We all know it's going to be okay. We don't think that in the in the moment sometimes. We just think the worst is, this is their doom. But, but it's going to be okay. But as long as you don't feel okay, that's okay. You can feel how you need to feel. It's okay. There are hugs for you. Yesterday, I just had this feeling of like, nobody loves me. And I know people love me. I have children that show that they love me. But every little message, every time I turned around, And it was specifically saying, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you so much. I love you so much. And every time I heard it, I would break down and cry because of how I was feeling at the moment. And it was all day yesterday. And then in the shower, I didn't break down, but I just started saying, God, I love you. I love you so much. I just love you. I love you so much as if I hadn't said it enough. I wanted to just bombard with those words because I do love God because God loves me and I love my life and I love the moments in my life, whether they were good or whether they were bad. Now, in those bad moments, oh, it's like we can't, I can't take it. I can't stand them. But I actually love those moments because they are moments. And I cherish every moment, even with what's going on now. I love those moments. I didn't like a lot of the things that were said and realizations that came because I feel like truth was revealed. But before the truth, my truth was always out in the open. But before that other person's truth, it was like, you know, it wasn't even there. I loved it. And it's it's it is kind of difficult for me to decide, but I have decided to live in love. But to know that someone does not think of you the say the way that they say they did, that is heartbreaking to know that you did not mean I did not mean this to you. I I was not enough for you to push through and to stay committed. I was just a ploy to get you through. So now that you can go say the same things to another bi- warm body, you're saying the exact same things. So grieve what has hurt you. You have earned the right to grieve your pains. Another thing. I want to say, and suggest, is that these okay? So the next two things I want to say is kind of like, oh, if it seems like they're going in opposition, but I promise you, they are not. They are not going in opposition. But a lot of people will always say to me, "Well, in the esoteric realm or the metaphysical industry, whatever." to ground yourself angel you need to ground yourself you need to ground yourself and i'm like you know i'm okay i would just say okay because at that time i was like what but even then it's like we 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 study the same thing we operate in the same realm why are you telling me to ground myself And it's like, and they were older, some of them. And I'm like, okay, I want to take heed and I want to listen, but I would go to God and say, God, what explain to me? And when God would give me his answer that was neither their answer nor my answer, I'm like, which way do I go? And the way that you go is you gravitate towards God. You move towards God. Did I always, I didn't. Because it was like these people are looking at me and telling me this. But God, you're saying that. What do I do? And you don't go towards the majority, of course. But you move towards God. It's it's easy. It's it's so easy to get away from uh, what everybody else has going on. It's so easy. Because all you have to do is stay to yourself, especially when you're hurt. Especially when you're hurt. But one person, well, I can't say person because God is not a person, but one factor of life is God. You can't get away from God. You can separate yourself thinking that you're not in the presence, but God's presence is always available and it's always around. Because I think a lot of people think if you stay away from people, people can't hurt you because I thought that way. If I just don't involve myself, I I won't get hurt. And that's not how things work. That's self sabotage. But when you hurt, you want to be distant from everything and everybody. But God, God is there. Even in the quiet times, God is still there. And some of those most intimate times happen. In the midst of your loneliness, in the midst of your heartbreak, in that intense pain. God is there to comfort. God is there to encourage. And God sends his other workers to do so. So there are times where you have to stay open. You have to engage in conversation. You want to be available. Because even though you're hurting, you could still help someone else and that hurt. As bad as I wanted to shut down, God was like, nah, we ain't doing that. You can't do this right now. But I was like, I don't want to deal with anything. I wanted to be off social media. I wanted to get away ASAP. And I was like, nah, I still got some moves for you to make right here. So do what you need to do. Don't rush it. Like I'm I'm going through a process. Can I pick up and go right now? Yes, but do I need to do that? No, because I've done it so so many times and I left so much behind. And I don't want to do that. I want to do this God's way. And God is telling me there is something else. I don't know what else specifically, but I'm going through the motions. I am preparing I am releasing I am taking my time I know for a lot of people this is a marathon this is a sprint this is whatever I'm walking because that's what I that's all that's what I can give I think that's what I'm created to give is to walk and in my walk I share and then I notice the beauty and the color and the sounds um in in my anxiety group the other day we did this project um where we sh- he showed every the group um the counselor showed the group a clip of a movie and when i tell you this is why i feel awkward and odd in the crowd everybody talked about the clip what they saw in the clip you know what was done and i'm sitting there and when it came to me it was like I was just noticing the ice cream on the table and then the the clip changed to another scene. And then in that scene, I was like, dang, I would like to sit on that balcony. That's nice out there. The wind is blowing it's green. And then a man got stabbed and I was like, whoa. He was like, the only person that gave a response was the counselor. He was like, oh, wow. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else was like, what the? And that's why I be feeling awkward because my interests aren't necessarily the next person's interest. I be noticing other stuff. Like, yeah, I noticed the little mariachi band. I noticed they sitting at the table talking. I noticed who the actors was. But that wasn't, I just wasn't focused on it. I ain't noticed that. And God is teaching me to pay attention to the details. It ain't even close attention. Just pay attention to all the details that you can. But that's why you have to have, excuse me. That's why in life, sometimes there comes, Having a partner there that can see the things that you don't see, they can see what you can see and also see what you don't see. And so, in the scene, I think the first movie we did two movies, and the first movie was um the Godfather Two, and the second movie, no, I think it was both scenes were from the Godfather. So yeah, it was the Godfather Two, and they were sitting at the table. All I was noticing was the ice cream on the table. It was ice cream, like whipped cream on top, or maybe it was ice cream in a cherry. And that's what I was noticing. I was like, that'd be nice to have right now. That's where my mind went. I saw everything else. I saw the mariachi band. I heard what they was talking about. I saw the language. I saw the waiter come. Like I saw all of that, but my focus was on that ice cream. That's what I was thinking about that ice cream. And then the scene changed. And then it was some men on the balcony, one sitting down talking. But what I was noticing was all the greenery in the back and the wind blowing the leaves. And I was like, And it was on a balcony. And I was like, I would like to sit out there. And as soon as I got that thought out, this man got stabbed. And I was like, whoa, it took me back, you know. So I take that in life. that I don't think people understand. Like I said, you move towards God while you're hurting. But the last thing that I want to suggest is that you ground yourself in truth. And this is what people are failing to realize because they're not living in truth. They're living in a truth that has been given to them. I choose to live in God's truth. Whether you want to call that the truth or not, I live in the truth. I ground myself in the truth because that is my best defense. God is my defense attorney, if you want to put it like that. Layman's turn. God is my best defense. When I have a broken heart, I have to have a good defense. I have to have a good defense. You know why? Because I'm guilty of something. I've hurt that person. I've done something to cause this pain somewhere. I had a hand in it. So yes, I need defense. But I know God's word. And I know that God shares his word with me in doing what I do. And so when things go down justification has to come and when God says step back I got this you're gonna be justified I'm gonna do exactly that because in the moments a lot of the times we're, we're not thinking about justice and we're not thinking about defense and or you know we're thinking about reaching out we're thinking about protecting ourselves we're thinking about coming back at you like we're thinking about so many things but a lot of the times, I I wanted to hold off because there were things I didn't want to just lash out and say. Like I couldn't tell this person I don't love them. I couldn't tell this person that you know all of the things that they were telling me. I don't want you. I don't want this with you. I'm you know I'm like wow. Is oh my gosh, is that the truth or is that a truth? Like you know this is fabricated or did you fabricate this whole entire? scenario of marriage as a actual employee. like I stay in the word knowing that God gave me the foundational truth that he is with me if nothing else goes I know that God is with me so whatever fails because I understand things have expiration dates I understand things die I understand situations end and our marriages end and you know people die and all of the people changed their minds. And that's why I hold fast to what God is telling me. And I make sure I put the work in. I make sure I put all the work in my first marriage. We didn't end our marriage until we we went to counseling. We we tried so many other things that were biblically based. I'm not gonna say every we didn't try like I didn't try no threesomes and no bull crap like that, what people other people do to try to keep a relationship going. I've heard stories of that. No, we stuck to scripture and we put in the work, but it just wasn't working because like I said, people make their own choices in life. But this marriage is like, bye. It was nothing. There was no, (laughs) one thing that rubbed me the wrong way was during our marriage, I remember at least two times I was asked to have patience. And me, I'm like, I want to have patience, but I had patience. And so with this situation, I asked him, can you have patience with me? And that was an absolute no. And I was just, I wasn't taken aback, but I was just like, wow, this person is just really selfish. Angel, just let it go. And I think that was the last conversation we had. And I was like, he's really meaning what he's saying. There was no going to counseling. There was no talking to an old, you know, there was nothing other than what was said. Well, I want this and I want that and I plan this and I plan. And I'm like, we have to do work. We have to take hold of these tools and we have to implement these tools. We have to apply the knowledge that we have. And we also have to be patient with one another. We also have to be kind. We also have to actually love. Love covers a multitude of sin. Not saying we were sinning. I can only speak for me though. But we have to put that work in. But I feel like his focus was finding a woman. Not finding his wife. Not finding me as his wife. It's just finding a woman to to go along with and to be a body there. To be an active part of sex for him. Not just not really life. (laughs) He doesn't care. I don't think he cares what you do in life. Just have sex. So standing on a foundational truth is grounding yourself for me. I don't know what it is for anybody else. You can, you know, take what you need from wherever. But grounding me is standing in God's truth, being grounded to God's truth because it provides that strength. It provides encouragement. It provides clarity. It provides clarity. Even when you are trying to be null to the fact that God is giving you this clarity about somebody or about a situation, or God is basically literally telling you, get out of my way. Get out of my way. And I think that's what it was with me. I was in the way of God. And I think that's a, that's what I got to work through because I do that a lot. I've done that a lot. Let me, I have done that a lot. I would not do that again. I know they say, God is such a gentleman. No, let me tell you, God will bombard you. God will push you. God will hold you face to face with truth. So I've learned to be ladylike and move the heck out of the way. Because that's a real man coming through. For me, God is a man. I don't care what nobody say. God is a man. God is a man. Um, real man coming through. I'm gonna move out the way. I'm gonna bow down, like face your feet. That's me. Cause God don't play about nothing and no one. We are all His children. He don't play with you and He don't play about you. So anytime I'm confused, I go to God. And when I hear what I hear or what I see, what I see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take God at His word. I'm gonna hold God to His Word. And God clear my thoughts from your thoughts. Push my thoughts to the side, wherever I have ever thought, take them, take them, take them, and only if you know, pour into my mind and my my scenic memories, your thoughts—that's what I'm going to say. Because if I'm confused, we in a we in a wrong space. And I was confused a lot. Oh my gosh, this year—oh, it's like it was a year of confusion for me. Because it's like, do not listen to you or do I listen to God? I think I'm gonna listen to God, but it caused a disruption with us. And do I need to explain that? I give like you. Were, Going through anything with anybody, that's because y'all ain't on the same page, might not even be in the same book, but you need to get there. Um, you have to work together, you have to do this thing together. But, uh, but when it comes to being hurt, being heartbroken, yeah, grieve that thing, look to God, move towards God, and ground yourself in God's truth. I don't even want to say ground yourself in truth, ground yourself in God's truth. God's truth—that's the best defense you're gonna ever have. I don't care if a man or woman walks to you and say, "I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna tell you the truth." Still, ground yourself in God's truth. You can tell me the truth all you want to. That's not gonna change. It's not gonna change the way that I'm gonna move. Okay, I can't say it's gonna change because truth changes. You know, it's very transformational. But God's truth—let me tell you. God's truth is what resurrected Jesus Christ when Satan thought he had one. Satan was like, Yeah, I got this. He gone. Y'all ain't got him no more. And bam, resurrection. God said, I'm sending everlasting love here. And Satan was like, I could take that out. No problem. That's flesh and blood. I got that. When he wasn't realizing Jesus wasn't fully flesh and blood. It was a portion of what Jesus is. and I'm learning I'm coming to learn what I am. I said that right, what I am. I know who I am. I know what I can do, but to know what I am. I'm I am still learning that. I'm learning that for myself. So although, God's truth is not going to keep you from being hurt. It's not going to keep your heart from being broken. It will keep you strong. It will keep you together. It will heal you. God comforts you anytime you feel lower than low. And all you got to do is ask God to show you his truth. And even if you don't feel like, oh, I can't ask him and I don't know what to ask, go to his word, go to the scripture. God's truth is in his word. <laughs> God is going to guide you, teach you in all of that mess, the darkness, the heartbreak, the pain. But don't allow a situation to come to break, to take you to that point. I think what helped me this time was the fact that I was already in the word of God on a on a regular on a constant, and I'm gonna stay in the word of God. I'm not gonna allow myself to slide off and to think I don't want to do this anymore. Const- I, I, I'm in a constant state of study, but I don't necessarily just study, you know, book and this. Disc- I'm studying life. I sit and I-, I observe, I think, I go within, I meditate, I worship, I um, socialize as much as I can. You know, I do these certain things. I watch movies and I look for messages in the movies and I look look for meaning and I look for purpose in everything. But then I know when it's time for me to just enjoy life, to just relax and rest and enjoy and make love and cook and and, and enjoy the the taste of the foods and, you know, enjoy meeting new people. Sometimes I like to go to just to meet somebody, just to meet them. Like, I don't want to know you no more after the day. I just want to meet you. It sounds crazy, but I do. Like, I like meeting and and introducing myself to new things, new ways, new people, new mindsets. But that's not to say I want to take hold of this mindset. It's just, it's nice to know that there's someone with this type of mindset. So I'm learning to determine or differentiate what's temporal from what's lasting. And Thank you, God. God told me this last year was a year of experience. I had, I gained life experience because you got to know. Because if you take something temporal and you try to make it everlasting or lasting, that's where that pain comes in. That's where the heartbreak comes in. And I wanted what was temporary to be lasting. I put my lasting work into what was temporary. And I had a hand in my heartbreak. That's just for me. I'm not saying you're breaking your own heart or you did this to yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But I had a hand in the pain that I felt with these situations. And I never denied that. But I wasn't going to take all the blame either. Because although I had a hand in it, other things just took off and went however they went. So God will give you the answers. Because he wants you to end up in a stronger position, in a higher position, in a better position. Oh, let me go through a scripture. Psalm. Where's my Bible? Let me just look it up on my phone. Let me go to my Bible. Psalms 25. Really quick, really quick. And then I'm going to tr- release you. Yeah. psalm. Look at, I'm going through this. No one can just type it in, but I don't. Psalms 25, is it 25? No, I think I passed it. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you, I hope all day. This is Psalms 25, chapter 25, verse 5. God, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you and only you wait expectantly all the day long. Only wait on God. This is what this says to me. Don't wait on a man. Don't wait on a woman. Don't wait on situation. Don't wait on an opportunity. Only wait on God and in expectance only wait on god god this year god told me not to go into this year expecting in expectation because my all my expectations have been in this world like a for from a person from a thing for situation from a job you know all these things and god was like don't have any expectations just experience but this right here is a scripture for me for this year is because the only expectations i should have is on god i mean i should be expecting god i should be waiting on god not moving ahead of god not moving outside of god i'm gonna move out of his way but i'm expecting only god only to hear from god only to see what god does that's what i'm expecting so i understand more clearly now when he's saying don't go into this year with expectations of only experienced these things. I had these things already. So why would you expect something that you already have? Even with God, even though the scripture is telling us. The next verse says, remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindness, for they have been from old. God's ways is God's ways. We are the bendable ones. God knows what works, what absolutely works. There's no switching up, no changing, no leaving, no none of that. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice and teaches the humble this way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and goodness and truth and faithfulness to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. We have duties in life. Our duties are to worship God with a reverent attitude and to be righteous. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my wickedness and my guilt, for they are great. We all mess up. I know I mess up. I apologize for messing up. I made the wrong choice. I made the wrong turn. I did this. Thank you for forgiving me, God. Thank you for allowing those on this planet to forgive me for the ways that I have messed up. Because why hold it against me? All of us have these mind slips where we just want what we want and we feel like we're doing the right thing in getting it. Verse 12 says, who is the man who fears the Lord with all inspired reverence and worships him with submissive wonder? Align your mind, submit your mind to the will of God. God will teach him through his word in all the way he should choose. And your, sw- your soul will dwell in prosperity and goodness. And the descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. Fear God is worshiping God with reverent attitude. And he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them its meaning. So even although that won't just only tell you the truth. He'll reveal to you the meaning for that truth. Ground yourself in God's truth. Ground yourself in God's truth. Because not only will you know the truth, you'll know why that is the truth. If you get nothing else out of this whole entire thing, allow God to show you why that truth is the truth. God is close to you. And God wants to bring you out of this. I'm talking to myself as well. He he, he knows it. He sees it. He, He understands what you're feeling. And he knows some some people are drowning, some people are falling, but he's the rescuer. He's the great rescuer. So always know that God created your heart. So he knows how to heal it. He knows how to do that wound care that we so desperately need to learn to do. In life, yeah, of course, but spiritually, spiritually. Being a spiritual healer, being a thought therapist, being a mother. These things seem to me to come natural. To come natural. The moment that I am in and right now, God told me about years ago. God told me about sexual healing. And with that would be the color orange. And how my mind would be my greatest asset or my deepest downfall. So I ground myself in the truth that God has for me and I'm not letting it go. I appreciate everything that has come in and everything that has gone, but I'm never, ever, ever, not ever going to let go of what God has shared with me and shown me about my life and about my marriage and about my family and about the moves that are to be made and the the stages that I'm going to stand on and the audience that I will be speaking to. And the things that are going to be created, I've seen so many things. So in one of my prayers, I I thank God for who he was bringing in, that partner that he was bringing in. To give life before someone else gives life to these things. Because they were shared with me for a reason, for a purpose. But I know that I need help. Whether it's a team, whether it's one person. There's other people involved. And I'm opening myself up to those other people. That God has. Because God said to wait on him. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait on him. I've enjoyed this past life. But now it's about experience in life for what it is. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait on God, as the scripture says, expectantly. I'm not expecting nothing from nobody else. I'm not expecting people to help me. I'm not expecting people to call me. I'm not expecting people to uh, work with me. That's out. Because I know God told me to do what I need to do. I'm going to still send my invitations. I'm going to still be open to lunch dates. Like I have a lunch date coming up. I have a meeting coming up today. I'm going to still operate and experience and enjoy these experiences. But I don't, if these people say I'm not coming or I don't want to, it's cool. It's cool. Just let me know. You don't want to. That's it. Be open. But. Even if you're not, don't expect me to still be available. I think one person got the hint where they said, hey, I'm going to do this and then I'll get back with you. And they didn't get back with me. So I said, you know what? You have a good one. Because they're used to me waiting on them, but not anymore. And I have to hold to that myself. It's to not sit here and wait on another another man or another woman. Don't wait for someone to hear me out. Don't wait for someone to see me. Don't wait for someone to love me. Don't wait for, and you know what? And when I say that, I saw, I saw, I saw a situation. But the, to love me the way that God says to love me. Not the way you want to love me. I don't want to love you the way I want to love you. Because if I do that, I'm probably going to hurt you, lose you, all these things. Because I'm already going to lose you if I don't love you the way you want me to love you. I love the way God says to love. And I know that in any kind of connection, in any kind of family dynamic, love is not the strongest piece there. Like love on the board can get knocked down. The strongest piece there is God. If everybody in that family is looking at God, everybody's right there because God is at the center. So everybody is right there and fully functioning. God is the strongest, the mightiest piece. And I'm going to look to God. I hate that you want me to look somewhere else, but it's not in me in this moment. I don't think it will be. I'm going to look to God because God is at the center of this family. God is at the center of my, my life. God is at the center of my ministry. God is at the center of my work. I'm going to look to God because even in jobs that I've had, well, I was told no. I was told this. I was told that. And I looked to God and I got my raise. I even got that job. I worked on a job for weeks without getting paid because I went through a program where we worked for experience only. But I asked for the position because I wanted to get paid, of course. And this lady told me no. So I looked to God. And lo and behold, I was asked to be employed at that office. <laughs> I look to God to for anything, everything that I want, even a raise. I asked God for my raises before I go into anybody's office. I remember being told no, but still getting my raise and getting more than I thought I would get. Before you go, visit selfembracelife.com where I have more programs that can help you along your own journey of self-embraced living. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay healing.